Hi, everyone, and welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional value to your organization, HR Works. Great news, HR Works listeners. HR Works just won an award from Folio for Best Business to Business Podcast. Folio's Eddie and Ozzy Awards are the most comprehensive awards competition in media publishing, and we're honored to be recognized for our work. Thank you for listening and helping to be a part of our success. The ability to influence others is perhaps the most important ingredient of leadership. Today's guest, Stacy Honke, thinks that most leaders are not as influential as they think they are and not as influential as they could be. Today we're going to explore her views as expressed in her newly published book, Influence Redefined, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be Monday to Monday. And we'll get her step-by-step method for improving the ideal form of influence, influence that moves people to action long after an interaction is over. Stacy's passion is teaching others how to communicate with influence. As a keynote speaker and mentor to C-suite executives, she helps individuals see through the eyes and ears of their audiences. She previously wrote the number one bestseller, Yes, You Can, Everything You Need from A to Z to Influence Others to Take Action. She provides keynotes, training, and coaching for organizations such as Coca-Cola, GE, General Mills, FedEx, Kohl's, McDonald's, Nationwide, and several branches of the U.S. Armed Services. Stacy, welcome to HR Works. Thank you so much. You did a nice job on that introduction. It makes it sound really good. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. Uh, Let's begin with what you call the brutal truth that the people you're trying to influence, whether they're customers, team members, or investors, aren't paying any attention to you. If you don't have their attention, you can't influence them. So can you tell us a little more about the brutal truth? I think there's there's so much misperception. The, the most common one in any organization or association is heads are down in their smartphones, their size conversations going on. And a lot of my clients say, well, Stacey, that, that's the way we work. This is our culture. We can multitask. The brutal truth is, and research still shows this, Steve, you, you, we cannot multitask in a way that we hear and we understand. Our listeners who are on this podcast today If your listeners are not hearing what you're saying and your ideas are worth hearing, there's no way you can be influential. Another big misperception around the brutal truth is, I hear this one a lot, that my messages don't get returned. Most of the time, it's that email message. It's probably not the receiver's fault. It could be the sender's fault. I mean, it might be just the way we put that message together. I bring up both sides of face-to-face was the first example I gave you and then more of a virtual because throughout the book, I really believe that influence, it's not just occurring face-to-face, it's occurring during every conversation that you have. And you've got the choice on whether or not you want to 
take those steps that are in the book to make sure you've got influence Monday to Monday. All right. Well, this is going to be great because we're going to find this out. So you also say that many leaders are unwillingly and unknowingly sabotaging themselves mm-hmm. and their influence. Yes. How, how are they doing that? First, majority of leaders are unaware. And I know this for a fact because if we're not continuously experiencing ourselves through the eyes and ears of our listeners, which means video recording, audio recording ourselves, we are making guesses. We're determining our level of influence off of how we feel rather than what facts shows. So that's one way we're always going to sabotage it. The next way we sabotage our influence is the lack of feedback we receive. Feedback is flawed. Majority of feedback when we ask, how did I do? Frequently, we hear the response, good, nice job. And we truly believe, well, everyone says I'm good, therefore I must be good. I want to give you one more. The third one is a lot of leaders will say to me, when I'm comfortable, I'm effective. When I know what to say, it's easy. Well, comfort and easy, that that doesn't mean you're influential. And throughout the book, I show, I really give some practical how-tos on Here's what it really takes to have influence Monday to Monday. But first, you're right. We have to get through the misperceptions of what's real versus what is our own belief. So let's see. I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Please, no, I'm not evaluating. So what what are some signs um, that leaders could look for uh, that would show them that they're not as influential as they think? You know, sometimes it's the common sense ones. It's when the heads are down in the technical gadgets. I truly believe if you had influence, impact, and you were interesting, that email that your listeners responding to would not be more important than your communication with them. I mean, that's test number one. Test two is the big one. You're not getting the results you're looking for. People are not following your lead. And leaders know that. I tell my team when we go into companies and we may not be working with the top leaders for working more with their teams, you can easily tell who has influence and who doesn't. All of that trickles down to, to your front line. I think out of everything, it's, it's those two that are definitely the response, the notice, right? The, the alarm that can tell you, all right, you may not be as influential as you think you are. Okay. That's helpful. And then um, how do leaders control and change their perception in the eyes of others? I think if we go back to the book kicks off with an influence model, which is really the core to my book, Influence Redefined. The model itself has three drivers. And if these three drivers are not there, Steve, influence will not occur. I want our listeners to imagine a triangle. That is the visual of the model. On the left-hand side of the triangle is feedback. And we touched on this a little bit. Feedback is flawed. We need to have meaningful, prepared feedback. I want to give you an example. If before this recording, you and I talked through the interview, I would have asked you, hey, Steve, this is what I'm looking for, what I'm working on. Would you listen for that? Number two, here's how I want to come across to your listeners. Would you also listen for that? Then five minutes after our recording, everyone has five minutes of their day for their development I would take your feedback. If you saw my computer monitor right now, my computer monitor is filled with post-it notes based on feedback that I get from my accountability partners. That's key number one is the feedback. The third driver is on the right-hand side, angle of the triangle, and that's practice. I'm not talking about any practice. 
I'm talking about deliberate practice that leaders literally during every conversation today, phone calls, hallway conversations, impromptus, they are thinking not just about their words. It's beyond that. It's thinking about what words resonate with your listeners. It's thinking about how does your body language come across and are those two consistent? That's deliberate practice. Now, the good news is we communicate every day, 24-7. All of us have opportunities to practice. The bottom, the base of that triangle is accountability. Feedback practice is tough to do alone. Results are tough to measure if we're not holding ourselves accountable. It's as simple as finding an accountability partner in your life who could be a friend, a family member, a coworker, to sit down with them and say, here's how often I would like to get feedback from you. Here's what I want feedback on. Would you hold me accountable? Those three drivers, when they're in line, now you can start working on your day-to-day influence and how you come across. Okay, that's great. Now, also, um, in the book, you share what you call the most critical elements for developing influence Monday to Monday. First, can you tell us uh, what the Monday to Monday concept is about? Yeah, everyone always asks that Monday to Monday to me means that no one is ever guessing who is going to show up. How you show up on a Tuesday, a Friday, whether it's a voicemail, whether it's a conference call, no one ever has to guess. You are always consistent. I'll give you an example of this. Common sense, but not common practice. You cannot be using um and ah, so and but before your sentences all along the weekend, whomever you're speaking to. And then Monday morning, you have a big sales pitch and suddenly you decide, today I'm going to pause. That's not going to happen. When we are consistent Monday to Monday in how we show up, how we communicate, we are more authentic. To me, authenticity leads to trust. That's where Monday to Monday comes from. I, I want our listeners think about any athlete or professional actor, actress, musician. Any athlete knows that however they practice Monday through Friday is how they're going to perform on Saturday. Now, I, I know that every day for us is game day. That's how it's different in the corporate world. Yet, it's still the same concept of be consciously thinking through how do I come across? And that's it. I keep bringing up nonverbal and verbal behavior. That's because that's really how I define influence. That influence is the body language is consistent. It's congruent with your messaging. So we're talking about uh, the most critical elements for developing influence Monday to Monday. And I, I believe the critical elements you share are self-awareness, consistency, reputation, adaptability, and impact. Could you um, go over those elements for us in a little more detail? I will. Self-awareness, we, we've touched on that a little a little bit, but the whole idea of being self-aware of how do people experience you rather than what you believe to be true. I am so intrigued with the concept of body language that how we feel when we communicate, how different that is most of the time through the eyes and ears of your listeners. Therefore, after the self-awareness chapter in the book, I talk a lot about how can you take action? How can you hold yourself accountable? The best way I know how to increase self-awareness is video recording, audio recording. We've got technical gadgets that easily do that. That's the first step. 
The next one is, we've also touched on this one. Once you're self-aware, it's about being consistent. It's about showing up without people guessing. It's about consistency in the body language and the messaging. Rather, you've got people guessing, well, what are they really saying? Because I see them come across this way, but their message is not consistent. Moving up, imagine that we're inside that triangle. Above consistency is reputation. Let's face it, our reputation enters a room before we ever get there. Our reputation will enter our receiver's inbox before we ever hit send on our email messages. Reputation is about really understanding what reputation have you created? What are people saying behind your back that you may not be aware of? And are you okay with it? If you are, the book gives you more ways to enhance that reputation as well as flip that to the other side. If you're starting to question your reputation Monday to Monday or anyone else around you is, there's steps in the book to guide you through that. The next one I think is a really tough one. And I think people forget about this one. It's adaptability. I'll give you an example. Even though I came on this podcast today with notes and agenda, I've already gone off that numerous times because I want to adapt to the questions that you're asking. Adaptability means that even though you came prepared or maybe you didn't, maybe it's an impromptu hallway conversation or meeting, you're able to really listen to your listeners' words, to their body language, to constantly be adapting your message on the fly. Impact. Oh, impact is, it it ties all of the elements I just listed. Impact is that memorability. I talk a lot about influence cubed. That means three weeks from now, three months, three years from now, I want to be able to have this podcast still have impact on your listeners. That maybe three weeks from now, they're in a meeting and suddenly they say something or they do something and an element to take away from this podcast clicks from that for them. That to me is impact, which really, Steve, it ties to the definition. Influence means that you've got the ability to influence long after the interaction occurs. Of course, the word influence sits right on the top, the tip of that triangle. Well, I think it's going to happen for me. In a meet in my future meetings. Good. So, to sum it all up, uh, any final recommendations for companies that want to help managers and leaders improve their influence skills? Uh, two things. First, even just start thinking about it. Put focus on it. I'm amazed at how many companies, when they do bring us in, they have not focused on this topic in a long time. I think what they're finding out that competition is stiffer. That it's not just about the products and the service that you give. It's about how your clients really experience you and your team. Second, is I, if there's one, one takeaway that your listeners take from this podcast, it is really start audio and video recording yourself. Take a look, experience yourself through the eyes and ears of your listeners. I promise you that probably will be the greatest step you can take to your personal and your professional development. Well, this is great. I want to remind uh, listeners once more about the name of this book. It's Influence Redefined, Be the Leader You Were Meant to Be, Monday to Monday. So, Stacy, thanks so much for joining us today and providing these helpful insights. Thank you for the opportunity. I wish you the very best. In our next episode, Scott Ragusa, president of Winter Wyman Contract Staffing, discusses his organization's approach to employees on the right bus 
but in the wrong seat. In other words, great employees who you want to keep, but who aren't a good fit in their current position. Look for that episode on November 14th.